0: Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is the life force. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo.
1: My name is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. Welcome. Today, I want to talk about, um, about life. About life. If you see, for example, a bug the bug is animated, it moves around and does things. But then if the bug passes away, then the bug becomes inert, like clay, like clay. And so it is with all flesh. Without life, it's like clay. Every animal, Every plant, every bug, every human has life. Let's call it a life force. And what is this life force but from God? God gives things life. And the human being is a very special creation because not only does the human being have life, like the squirrel or the deer or the bug. The human being is capable of having another life. Let's call it the spiritual life. Animals cannot have this spiritual life, but humans can. It's life from God. You see, the human being was created in the image and likeness of God for a purpose. You have to find out what your purpose is. Why are you here? Why do you exist? Why do you have consciousness? Now, the other thing is that animals, animals are either asleep or awake. But human beings can not only be awake, but also aware. And when you are aware, when you are aware, you are more conscious. And in that awareness, marvelous things can you do This awareness comes from God. He gives it to humans as a special gift, a special gift. He not only gave us life, but he gave us this special gift of awareness. And with awareness you can do some wonderful things. For example, you can realize things. You can get jokes. An animal doesn't get a joke But a human being hears the joke and then says, oh, I get it. A human being can get things like mathematical formulas. Someone can tell you a math problem and all of a sudden, oh, I see. And you get it. You understand it. So human beings not only can memorize, but can also understand because we have intuition. And even better yet, we can Intuit. Human beings can intuit. By intuition, you can realize something. And that something that you realize is something of importance. I was watching a video yesterday, a very nice video. It was an interview of Clint Obear. Clint Obear is a nice man who began to investigate earthing and grounding. And he's helped a lot of people. He found out that we're disconnected from the earth, most of us now, because we wear plastic shoes and walk around on plastic carpet. And we are separated from the earth. And that's not a good thing. So he began to investigate grounding. And he's, like I said, he's helped a lot of people. But the story that he tells is... He had a physical problem that was quite uh, grievous, and he survived it, but he had a complete change in his life from being a high-power corporate executive. He spent some time just wandering around the country, traveling and seeing the country, living in an RV. He said he was in a national park, a beautiful national park, one day, and he saw a tour bus arrive. And all the tourists got off the bus, and he said he noticed that they all had tennis shoes or jogging shoes or sneakers on. All of them had these plastic sneakers on, and all of a sudden he had an intuition that they weren't grounded to the earth, they were separated from the earth. I'm a man with a microphone, so people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person. And I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. And from that began all of his research, and he's helped a lot of people. But you see, Through the faculty of intuition, he was able to realize something. It seemed so simple, nobody else would notice it. Something very small. But he noticed it, and it was the beginning of a wonderful life of discovery and of helping people. However, the purpose of today's program is not to talk about earthing, though it's a worthy topic. I'm talking about intuition. I'm talking about intuition there's a story that Isaac Newton saw an apple fall from a tree, and that was the beginning of his realization about gravity. Maybe the story is true, and maybe it's not, but it's apocryphal, and it illustrates the point, and it's some little thing. Some little thing. One man was sitting by his pool, swimming pool, and he was watching the water, and he saw that where the there was an input where water had been cleaned and then it was being flowing back into the pool. And the water that was flowing into the pool, you know, under down underneath through a little opening, it came shooting out and it caused little shadowy swirls in the water. And he thought, What's that all about? What are these shadowy swirls in the water? And from that he began to realize that matter itself is a swirl. That the pre-time force, that came from the singularity with tremendous speed, that it created these little whirlpools or little eddies that spun round and round and round inwardly. And as they spun, they acquired a sort of a substance, didn't they? And that was the beginning of the first small particles of matter, little spinning whirlpools. And we know that, for example, a gyroscope, when it spins, it has a certain stability, doesn't it? It acquires some sort of uh, of a weightiness, and so it is with matter. But he, he received that realization, or he got that realization by just watching these little tiny swirls. So, many of us go through life, and we notice little things, but we dismiss them. We don't pay attention, and then we miss something wonderful. Now, I'll give you another example. There was a man named Mr. Frank W. Woolworth. Some of you will remember Mr. Frank W. Woolworth. He was at a store a long time ago. The way stores were, everything was behind the counter. Do you remember... Maybe you've seen movies of the Old West, for example, or early America. Uh, everything was be- behind the counter. And then if you wanted to see something, why well, you would ask the clerk, and the clerk would, would go behind and take it off the shelf, and then you could look at it. Well, one day, Mr. Frank W. Woolworth was in a store, and the store had some little items they were trying to get rid of. And so they put the little items out in the center of the floor on a table. All these little items were on the table, and people could come and touch the items and look at them and hold them and so on and so forth. And people were crowded around that table. They loved to be able to actually touch the merchandise themselves without having to have the clerk bring it off shelf. And that was the beginning of the famous Woolworth Five and Dime stores. And that was the beginning of modern retailing, where people could go through the aisles and see the items right there he saw a little thing and nobody else noticed it, but he noticed it. And from that came the great Woolworth stores. And Mr. Frank W. Woolworth was very successful and started a whole new trend in shopping by noticing a little thing. Albert Einstein saw a little thing and it was the beginning of his journey into relativity. A little thing. And so must you begin to notice those little things in your life that you are now ignoring, you're not paying attention to. And I'm going to make this very, 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 very practical and very important in just a moment. Now, let's think about this. The little thing that they noticed. The little thing that they noticed. Was it the thing itself? Was it the jogging shoes or the tennis shoes or the sneakers on on the tourists getting off the tour bus that is the important thing that Mr. Ober saw and then began to realize that people were disconnected from the earth and he became an expert on earthing? Was it the little items on the table? No. The important thing is the realization. That's the important thing. That Mr. Woolworth had, or Mr. Einstein had, or Mr. Newton had, or Mr. Ober had. The realization, the insight, the sudden eureka moment. And so what is the the thing that causes that? It's the faculty of intuition. A mouse, or a squirrel, or a monkey, or a horse could look at that table with items on it. Or look at the little swirls in the water of the swimming pool. Or look at the tennis shoes on the tourists and would not have a realization, but a human can, by a faculty of intuition, which is from God. And that's the main thing that you have been ignoring, discounting, doubting, not paying attention to this wonderful, magical gift from God of intuition. You've been ignoring it. That's why your life is a mess. Your health is probably a mess. Your relationships are a mess. And your emotional life is a mess because you've been ignoring your intuition. And so we could say then that you are disconnected from God, just like those tourists are disconnected from the earth wearing the plastic shoes. By ignoring and doubting your intuition, you are disconnected from God. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage, a spiritual and practical look at relationships? My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. Some of you are getting the 15-minute version. It's a half-hour program, so if yours is only 15 minutes, go to SheddingShackles.com where you can hear the whole 30-minute program.
0: Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. Hi, this is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. I'd like to make you aware of a recent change we made on our website, SheddingShackles.com. The tabs at the top of the pages have been removed for easier navigation on your iPhone or mobile device. Now links are easily available at the bottom of the pages. The music example you're hearing now is the Spanish dance number 8, titled Saradana, by the Spanish composer Enrique Granados. Thanks for listening.
1: We're talking today about intuition. And I said that you are disconnected from God when you doubt and ignore your intuition. Some people have called it the still small voice, still meaning quiet, silent. A silent small voice. It communicates with you without words. You just know. When you were a little child, you looked out at the world and you saw things, and you didn't have to put any words to them. You just saw. That's your faculty of intuition. Now, people have talked about the importance of intuition. A lot of people don't know that Albert Einstein said intuition is the most important thing, not imagination. Intuition. And you know who else talked about intuition all the time? Stephen Jobs. A great, creative, innovative man. Stephen Jobs talked about intuition all the time. I remember he gave a graduation speech at Stanford University, and he spoke of intuition. So, if people like Albert Einstein and Stephen Jobs talk about intuition, then you ought to hear what they're saying. Why do you ignore your intuition? Do you even know that you have intuition? You may not. You may not even realize anymore that you have it. You're so far from it. And as far as you are from intuition, that's how far you are from God. Because I've always said that your closest link to God is your conscience. And now some of you will say, now, wait a minute, Roland, you were talking about intuition and now you said conscience. That's right. They're the same thing. Intuition is present sight and foresight. Conscience is 20, 20 hindsight when you don't follow your intuition. Look, if you always followed your intuition, here's another way of putting it, what you know in your heart. How many of you, in your heart, you knew something? But maybe you doubted it, you discounted it, and you listened to people. Oh, people are so have big words, don't they? People are so clever. And if you're not careful, you're swayed by their clever arguments and by the emotions that they can drum up in you, and your emotions and their clever voice outshouts your still small voice. But that still small voice is your closest link to God. Now, what was I going to say? I was going to say that conscience is your closest link to God. So, I could also say intuition is your closest link to God. When you don't follow your intuition, then your conscience bothers you, doesn't it? Does it? Or are you so far from your intuition that you don't even realize that you have a conscience anymore? You may not. You may not even realize that you have a conscience all you feel is a vague anxiety. Why? Because you're not living your own life. If you're following other people's words, other people's ideas, what other people say, what the media says, what the advertisers say, what the teachers say, what the professors say, what the experts say, what your wife says, what your husband says, what your uncle says. If you follow other people, what the group says, what your friends say, then all you're doing is following what others say. And you're not living your own authentic life, which would come from within, which would flow from within. And then you would become an Einstein, a Frank W. Woolworth, a Madame Curie, a Susan B. Anthony. Yes, you would. A Stephen Jobs, a Noah, a Moses. Yeah, that's right. So are you going to try to find your intuition again? That would be very smart. If you did. That would be very wise. If you're close enough to your intuition that you can hear what I'm saying and somehow sense that what I'm saying is true, that means that you still have a little bit of life in there. You're not an inert piece of clay yet. You're not just an animal eating and drinking. Who was it who said that life is more than just eating and drinking and partying? Life has a purpose. And you discover your purpose by way of intuition. Christopher Columbus had an intuition. Moses had an intuition. The Three Wise Men had an intuition. Madame Curie had an intuition. Albert Einstein had an intuition. And how about you? Do you have any kind of intuition? If you do, it's most likely to be your conscience because you're not living properly. You're not following your intuition. So, you make mistakes, and you live other people's lives, and not your own. So, how are you going to refine your intuition? Well, right now, your iPhone, your music, your friends, and your rabid intellect, where you sit and worry, and worry, and doubt, and fear, and plan for the future, worry and doubt and plan and relive the past and think about what he said and what she said. That emotion-driven imagination now is out shouting your intuition, so you have to find a way to get beyond the wall of thought and get back in touch with your intuition, like when you were a little child, when you were close to it. Then you can begin to live authentically, spontaneously, and yes, joyously. Nowhere does your lack of intuition become more apparent than in your relationships with your partner and with your children. Another word for intuition is understanding. That's what you need is understanding, you have precious little of it now. All you have is book learning, what people have said. You reach into your brain and try to come up with some clever thing when you're partner is there or your child is there before you in one of those special moments, and you say the wrong thing, you talk at them instead of to them, or you are guilty for having yelled at them or having neglected them or never taking time for them, and then in your guilt you go overboard and you spoil them and you never get anything right. Would you like to get things right? Then you need to be in touch with your intuition from God because your intuition is a package deal, you get a bonus. You know what you get with intuition? You get love. That's right. That can flow through you, not your love, not your false clingy, emotional, syrupy, false love, but real love. Real love that heals relationships and restores people to love again. And so I want to mention one of my books, and I think it could do you a world of good. This is an excellent book. You should get it. I think you'd find something of value in it. It's a very good book, and it's a fun read, too. It's a fun read. Hi, this is Roland. Are you interested in improving your relationship with your partner? Or how about improving your relationship with your kids? if communication is not so good. Okay, and then how about getting rid of hurt feelings and misunderstandings and so on? Well, then you really ought to read one of my books about relationships and about marriage. One of the ones that I don't talk about a lot, I should talk about more, is my book called Putting the Forever Back in Love. Oh, what a wonderful book. It's, It's over 300 pages, Putting the Forever Back in Love. I talk about how to improve your relationship, what to do if your wife asks you to leave, how to forgive and forget, okay? How to stay married for a long time and live happily ever after, how to develop character and learn to bear suffering and grow from it, okay? And how to have understanding when you deal with other people, okay? And how not to judge your husband so much and how not to resent your wife. Well, may I recommend you get Putting the Forever Back in Love, just visit sheddingshackles.com or talktoapastor.org and you can preview it for free. It's also on Amazon, putting the forever back in love. I think you'll really enjoy it. Putting the Forever Back in Love, you can find it at Amazon in both Kindle and quality paperback. You can also order it at my website, sheddingshackles.com. You can get it for a small donation of any amount. I'll send you a PDF of the book. I have a lot of resources about marriage and about relationships and about family. I have some excellent articles you can read for free. If you go to the website, sheddingshackles.com or commonsensecounseling.org, when you see the slideshow, just click on Relationships or marriage, and you'll see the articles. There are many of them. They're excellent. So, may I recommend that you get the little meditation that will teach you how to become still and get a little separation from those thoughts that now pull you into them and those emotions that pull you into them. When you stand back, you're free to realize. You're free to understand, and you're free to be patient. But when you're lost in your emotions and your thoughts, you're not free. You are compulsive and you move with impatience, or anger, or resentment, stand back, and you will discover a whole new way of living. And you will also discover something else. Not because I say so, but because that's the way it will be. You'll discover God's gracious forgiveness and his kindness, and life becomes sweet. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.